Welcome to Cash Considerations, the podcast that takes you behind the Las Vegas sportsbook from the guys that actually work behind it with your hosts, Alan Berg, Dave Sharapan, and Matoy Pearson. All right, boys, we are back. Here is the Cash Considerations podcast. It is uh, March 7th, episode 106, and... I am Dave Sherpan. I'm going to steer the ship, host the show tonight. As always, I am joined by the real A.B., Allen Berg. How are you, A.B.? <laughs> oh, so disrespectful to my man, Antonio Brown, to put me in the same category. Oh, come on, Big Dave. Come on. Come on. <laughs> We're going to get to that. We'll get to that. We will get to that. But I also want to welcome in our other guy. Mo is out. Uh, commission out getting prepared for what's coming here, March Madness. But we're bringing in our specialist, our, our our guy. He's better than Josh Hader because he just comes in and gets guys out, no problem, as good as him. Matt Lindemann, the at train on Twitter. Matty, what's up, buddy? What's going on? I don't know about the Josh Hader reference. The last couple weeks. I haven't been getting anybody out. I haven't been winning anything, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. And that guy's racist, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> right, right, right. oh, my God. Other than that, though. That's the way to start off the show, right? Yeah, no, but, <laughs> but I appreciate you all having me. Yeah, anyway. Right. This is the way this, <laughs> this goes. We're not on VEASAN. We don't have sponsors uh... yet, although if anybody wants to help us sponsor, we are looking, and we will work something out. But – and we just all got fired. Right, that's it, it's <laughs> over. That's it. But, you know, we can kind of talk a little loosely here. We can things. It's, it's, you know, and it's, uh, it's real stuff. So uh, we're going to break down the show a little bit. We're going to talk about college basketball. And um, we don't really want to waste with a lot of the small conferences. just don't have a lot of business. You know, we the business – there's just not a lot of action on this stuff. And if it is, it's a lot of one-sided things. So we're going to break down some college basketball, look ahead to the weekend, as well as um, how some tournaments may set up, you know, some before the actual NCAA. And then we're going to break down some football talk. we got, a, you know, big topics to go over there. Touch on some baseball, maybe some off-the-wall stuff, and we'll close out the show. So – that's where the that's the uh, the rundown, Matty. I'm gonna start with you right now with college basketball. Kentucky, All right, let's do it. Winning the SEC or not? I think not. Are we talking regular season or we're talking SEC? Tournament? Well, I mean the, the SEC regular season. Can they win it. They need help. Actually, right? no, no. They need they need Van, winless Vandy to beat LSU. So they're not the regular they're, season. Regular right. season's out. No. Um, this year's going to be what against Vandy? 15? Uh, yeah, huge. I mean, the the Vandy team that I've seen the last few games, they've quit. They've given up. So, I mean, if LSU loses that game, despite the fact it looks like they got like a ton of stuff going on now with the Will Wade investigation and all that, they're saying people are calling for him to get fired now. Right. So, I don't know. It's really bizarre. LSU is like this team that's ascended to the top of the SEC. They're the number one seed. And then they got all this stuff going on now right before the SEC tournament. So, I don't know what's going to happen with that. But Kentucky has to play Tennessee on the bottom half if they meet. So, 
you know, I don't know. I'm not too I'm not too confident after what we saw last week. I know Reed Travis is probably going to be back, but I mean, Tennessee really laid it on them, and I think a lot of people, you know, are going to be talking about the revenge, but Tennessee is going to be hungry for that SEC title. They haven't won an SEC title since 1979, I think. It's so been that long? That's something, yeah, that's something for them that they really are probably hungry for, whereas Kentucky's won the last three or four now. So I don't know. I, I'm not really feeling it right now, to be honest. Well, I mean, LSU's not losing to Vandy, but the number's coming huge, right? I mean, it's going to be close to 20 points, between 15 and 20, I think, right? Yeah, let me just plug it in here, see what I got for that game. Oh, I like it. This is what we do. He plugs it in. I don't know what I he's can't. plugging it into, but he's got things. He's got. Uh, I can't. I just <laughs> can't imagine it's going to be pretty, though. Uh, no, especially with I would imagine a, a sold-out crowd for LSU with that line. But uh, let's see. Well, here. obviously, I know we discussed it at work today. You, we can't really put up the odds for the SEC tourney until we kind of know the seedings, right? I mean, did you guys have that same kind of discussion? Yeah, that's what, you know, some people have been asking this week for the odds to go back up, and I, I just don't feel comfortable doing it during, you know, Wednesday. I mean, maybe tomorrow you could do it, but you can't do it during the Wednesday-Thursday games or the Saturday games because the games affect the seeding, and that affects how many games each team plays. Right, so, and it affects, yeah, like you I, said, I just, if Tennessee has to play Kentucky in the semifinal – Instead of the final, that's going to affect their odds. And LSU being the one seed is going to affect their odds because they're going to have to yeah. play the winner of that game. So yeah, there's just a, there's a lot of questions going on. Um, Kentucky has who? Auburn left. Uh, Ken, Kentucky plays Florida at home. Oh, okay. And I think Auburn. Auburn no, Tennessee, Tennessee plays, plays at Auburn. Auburn. Right. Tennessee plays at so, Auburn. Yeah, that's going to be an outstanding game. Tennessee's got to go in there and they have to win to clinch a share. So, you know, they're going to be pretty excited for that. But Auburn has kind of had a disappointing year. I think this is something that an opportunity to play spoiler, they're probably going to be up for. So Tennessee, um, Auburn, at Auburn, pick them. Tennessee, small, yeah. minus I got, one. I got pick them. And, yeah, I just did the LSU, and I got 15 on that game over Van. So Crazy. Um, you know where I'm plugging them in? My head. I got nothing <laughs> else. It's just it's, it's, Impressive. it's, it's strong. No, it's just solid. one of those by fields, but it's um, – all right. Well, I mean, one of those three teams is going to win the probably, right? I would think. I mean, I guess Auburn has the potential to be in the LSU side of the bracket, and they really wouldn't be more than maybe plus one, plus two against LSU. I don't think they're really as, as disappointing of a year as they've had. Like, they're just power rated pretty high. So I don't think they would be that much lower than – or they would be that much of a dog to LSU. So they're a team that could maybe sneak through, but – I don't know. I mean, the middle of the pack in the SEC is pretty good, but do you really think any of them can beat LSU, Tennessee, or Kentucky? I just – I don't know if I see that upset coming. So you, you got to think it's going to be of one of those though, three. Right? you got to beat – Yeah, I mean, right. That's the yeah. problem. Like, Mississippi State has not played well against the better competition they face this year. Florida has been pretty inconsistent. Ole Miss is kind of like an up-and-coming team. Like, who's going to – I I just don't really know who the threat is of the mid-tier teams to, to make the run. Right. All right. But, uh, so, yeah, so these other conferences, you know, some of them have started. Some of them uh, have not. They're going to start this weekend. Um, we're going to kind of stay away from that other than, uh, real quick, American Athletic Conference, Houston's winning that, right? 
You would think. I mean, UCF they, has an outside shot. They seem to be, you know, they they can play with them. Can they beat them again? I don't know. That's the only one I think in that conference that has a shot. Yeah, I mean, you know, Cincinnati actually played them pretty tough at Houston. Uh, it kind of, I think they unraveled late. I don't know. I guess Cincinnati plays Houston on Sunday. On su- yeah, that's like. the, that's the game. So, yeah, I think it's kind of those three, though. And then you got a little bit of a drop. Temple's, you know, they're a decent team. I think they're actually a tournament team. But, uh, you know, other than that, I mean, Memphis is, I guess, kind of tough. I think it is in Memphis, though, isn't it? I want to say the tournament. Mm. Yeah, I think that yeah, the think tournament's is, yeah. being played in Memphis. So that is kind of an interesting wrinkle that Memphis gets to play at home. But, uh, I mean, yeah, you would think it's probably Houston, Cincy, or UCF. All right. Um Big 12, thoughts? It's a mess. It's a complete mess, is it not? I'm like, I'm like 30% on the Big 12 the last Everyone years. is. Everyone I mean, is. it's insane. I can't win anything. <laughs> it's just terrible. And, uh, yeah. I, we're talking you know, Texas Tech, Kansas State, Kansas, even Baylor, Iowa State make the conversation. Oklahoma just had a big win. It's crazy. It's crazy. In Oklahoma State, who they they funny. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this. I've been updating this conference every week since we threw it up in January or whenever <laughs> it was. And literally, Oklahoma State and West Virginia, granted, they have been long shots for most of that period. But everyone else has been in the 15 to 1 to 3 to 1 range or like 250. No one has been less than plus 200. No one has been higher than plus 1500. Like, there are eight, nine teams that could legitimately win the conference tournament. So right. it's just. It's pretty wacky. I mean, I think Texas Tech is the best team, and it's you know they've kind of separated themselves. But you know, Iowa State's going to have a good crowd. Kansas is going to have a really good crowd. Kansas State's going to have a good crowd. So I don't know. I mean, you could really you know take a stab at a few different teams. I think in this. Wow. Okay. Um, let's see here. Next one I wanted to jump to. Another one that's kind of top heavy, but. I don't really think there's many teams that can win at the Big Ten. It's Michigan or Michigan State and then everybody else, right? I mean, Purdue is good, and, you know, they have the same conference record, yes. Purdue has 22 wins on the season, yes. But is Purdue going to beat both of them? Because they're going to have to play both of them to win it. Yeah, no, it's tough to see it. I mean, Michigan State's been tough for me because you keep waiting for them to kind of fall off with, Langford being hurt, Nick Ward being hurt, and they just keep winning games. I mean, they lost by one at Indiana. That's their only loss since it looks like early February, you know. So they they keep playing well. It doesn't matter how shorthanded they are. And Michigan, I mean, the last, what, two or three years now, Michigan's just steamrolled through the Big Ten. Uh, I want to say they've won the Big Ten tournament and then gone on the run in, you know, the NCAA tournament. So kind of hard to teams. But Purdue's good. Uh, Maryland is, you know – I mean, they're in the mix, I think, at least. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think any of, like, the uh, longer shots are really all that much of a – I mean, outside maybe Penn State. I think Penn State's the one team that's been playing well. I know you could probably attest to that could could make it interesting. But the rest of them, I, I just don't know if they can beat those top-tier teams. Penn State has been better. Um, they've been very good at home. And competitive on the road, just couldn't – get a lot of W's, but uh, playing better. So can they get one upset? Yes. I just don't know how many games they can win in this thing. But 
Yeah. I, and, uh, uh, what do you think about Saturday? Uh, Michigan at Michigan State. I'm thinking the line, plug it into whatever you there, but I'm thinking Michigan State, small favorite, two and a half, three. I got four and a half for Michigan State. Wow. Yeah. Give me the plus. Yeah. You better use that yeah. one lower if you use it advanced. Well, they, uh, I want to say it was, it was four in Ann Arbor a week or two ago, and Michigan State won that outright. Right. So we know so, how this goes. Michigan's winning. Yeah, definitely. Money yeah, get the revenge. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nah, yeah. Put I mean, that I think... one in the notes, A.B. Michigan is winning on Saturday. I mean, I want to say Beeline's kind of owned Izzo, too, outside of that last meeting. So, I think they won both meetings last year. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It would be cool to see those two. But, honestly, there are a lot of good teams in this conference. So, it wouldn't totally stun me. They're actually – that's one of the conferences where we never really had anyone that was that big of a favorite. Wouldn't really surprise me all that much if if maybe one of those two got upset. All right. Pac-12 conference in Las Vegas – the Pac-12, I don't even know how to describe it. I, it's literally, I don't think Cal and Washington State could win it, but anyone else could. All right, I was just thinking about this before the podcast. With, with Cal beating Stanford at night, you could now make an <laughs> argument for every team in the conference to make the final at least. Right. Every team has at least had one stretch where you say, wow, they could win two games in the Pac-12 tournament. Like, <laughs> it is pathetic. Right. I mean, the, the fact that Cal has – no, wait, I'm sorry, Cal won three straight. Cal is hot. Like, Cal is smoking. <laughs> yep. Like, oh, my God, no, what a disaster. Uh, <laughs> this is tough, it, though, to make numbers for, isn't it? Like, yeah, you, you literally you just kind of, you know, randomly assign one a little bit lower than the next five and then the next next number and you just kind of let people bet. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I, to make the numbers for this. We were talking about this today. I'm like, listen, there's no clear cut favorite in this. Washington is not a shooting. Yeah, I've actually really screwed this conference up. I, <laughs> I, I first first when Bol Bol got hurt for Oregon, I moved them up pretty aggressively after they lost two straight. Like they they did not look good, so I bumped them to twenty to one, and someone bet them, and that, I immediately knew that was a mistake. So I dropped them down, and then like the next week it was Colorado, and then the next week it was Utah, all at like twenty to one, twenty five to one. So. Like we're really sweating. <laughs> like we need Washington <laughs> to win. <laughs> like, like I don't. Washington's probably the most shaky favorite of all the favorites in the Power Five, and we really need them to win. Right. So it's kind of like football, actually. Same exact situation. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Um, yeah. You'll be all right. It's just, nah, it's, so. Yeah. It's, it's it's just one of those things where I don't. It's it's very very hard. Like you said, at some point in this season. Every one of them could have been the favorite. <laughs> just like, where just do we terrible. go now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody was talking get... about going to that. I don't want to go to that. Conference. Yeah, that's gonna be I, I can't. I it can't might be it. entertaining. It might be entertaining. No. no, it's not. We went last year and there were it's two not, overtime yeah. games played in the 60s. I mean, oh. it was, yeah, it was rough. Yeah. But, they only get one team in the big dance. There's no I mean, way they can get a second it, team, can they? Yeah. I mean, if Wash- I mean Washington's in, so – it's two teams if Washington doesn't win it, I think. But Arizona State, I think if Arizona State wins their last game against Arizona and then maybe wins a game in the tournament, they might be in. But 
uh, everyone else is, yeah, pretty much needs to win to get in. Wow. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, I've been asking Mo, and uh, we've been kind of going back and forth. With uh, Zion, we think he's going to play in the conference tournament, and then when, you know, it comes to the, the NCAA, he's going to play. I think he is. A.B. says there's no chance. He says he's not playing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I never said you that. You said he shouldn't play. Yeah. I said he shouldn't play. Yeah. I thought you were saying I'm still listening. AB's a man of reason. <laughs> He's a man of reason. There's no reason this guy should play in a tournament. Thank you. You especially agree? If he's, especially if he's on Kentucky's side of the bracket. Like, uh, just. That's right. No, nah, nah, I'm kidding. For no, sure. I do agree that realistically, I don't think he should play, but I totally get any reason why he'd want to. So I, I'm fine either way. But. Well, um, if he doesn't play, does it open up the door? I mean, because if he plays, they're the, definitely the clear favorite. And, you know, you can pretty much pencil them into the Final Four, I think. Uh, but if he doesn't like, I know you, I, I, everybody looks at your power ratings every week, and, and the responses are always fun. But you're obviously, you've been keeping up with it. Are the Zags a legitimate threat to win it all, yes or no? I mean, I love the Zags. I, I've been on board with the Zags since I watched them beat Duke in November and kept an eye on them, and they had a tough back-to-back where they played a Tennessee team. I think they kind of underestimated on a neutral site and lost a close game there. And then they had to fly across the country, play at North Carolina, and gave up 100-something points in that game and lost, and everyone's kind of dismissed them since. But this team has, like, the most ridiculous front court in the country. They got two guys legitimately – that are going to be NBA studs in the front court. And then they have three or four other scores. They have the best offense in the country by a mile. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm they have not played them. a competitive game since that North Carolina game. Yeah. Does that worry fair. you at all? You know, I, I get it. And I would be concerned about it if I hadn't seen them two years ago make the run that they did. I mean, they were literally a minute away from winning the title. Yeah, and they, kinda, they fell apart. And yeah. Like, if I, didn't, if I didn't think they kind of got that taste then and know that, hey, we're a team that can come out of the West Coast and actually make the final, like, I would be more concerned. But I think they kind of proven that, and I think that's it's kind of unfinished business to some degree. Are there a lot of guys so, on the team this year from that team? Uh, well, I want to say – let me look through here. Clark is a junior. Uh, Perkins is a senior, so he was on that team. Uh, Tilly's a junior, so he was on that team, and Hashimura. They, so they, 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 they got had all one guy. Players. Yeah, they had like they have a few players that that were there, but I think it's more of a kind of a program expectation now that we can make the Final Four, we can win the national championship. Whereas, you know, two years ago they needed to get to the Final Four; they hadn't been there before. So, right. I don't know. I, I'm on board. Like I, I'm impressed, and I think as long as the draw falls right, which obviously is really important. Like, I think they're the team to beat if Duke isn't full strength. Wow. All right. There you go. That's a, that's a smoking hot take. Virginia, yes or no? You know, I'm, I'm torn. Like, I, I think, uh, you know, they – obviously, they fit all the, you know, metrics, all the stuff you want to look at, but they do every year. So, you know, do you trust them Aren't they to kind of like – this year, though? Score the basketball sure. Yeah, they can. But, you know, do you like do you trust them to exercise their demons? Like if they get down eight or ten, 
you know, I was kind of interested to see that when they played Duke at home, they got down by 10. I wanted to see how they handled trying to battle back from being down, and they, they didn't really handle it all that well. Like, can they handle being down 10 or 15 points like they were last year and coming back with all the pressure that's on them now? I, I just – I don't know. I'm so underwhelmed every tournament by them. So I want to believe, and, like, everything I see tells me that this is the year, but, like, I just don't trust them. I don't know. I, I can't until I see – kind of see them break through. How about North Carolina? Do you trust them? No. No, I, I don't think. Total I mean, dismissal. Wow. <laughs> They're putting together they're putting together a good year, but I think they're kind of peaking a little bit at the wrong time. I don't I don't know. I think they've maybe peaked a little early going through the ACC tournament, and I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. You know, they got a freshman point guard, Roy Williams. Like, do you really trust that combo? I, I don't know. How about can, and I know you're biased. You're the biggest Kentucky fan that I know. Yeah, um, I, you know, I mean, not everything and. You're you're very critical when you need to be of them, but do you trust them? Yeah, I think if Reed Travis is fully healthy and if he's playing at the level he was before he got hurt and P.J. Washington is – I think that's kind of throwing P.J. Washington off a little bit because they've been able to focus on him and last few games he's kind of slowed down. But if they get that back in rhythm and start – you know, that starts to click, I think they can they can do it, but – uh, I think it is kind of becoming obvious that they're not an elite team. They're just not really like one of those top three or four teams, which I thought before that Tennessee game, you could kind of make that argument, but teams just don't get beaten like that, that are, you know, truly elite. So uh, I'm a little, little more skeptical than I was, but I do think, you know, again, if things fall right, like I, I could see Kentucky winning. it. Okay. Me personally, I liked that that happened. The way it did, it did, I think it was the punch in the mouth that they needed. Um, I said to our guy Nash, who's still in the room, and another Kentucky fan that I know, I said, that may be the last game Kentucky loses this season, is what I told him after that. So just because that's the type of makeup and I, I think the, the, the grit that the team has going forward. I, I think they're locked in all. Of those teams, we didn't even discuss the ACC tournament, and I kind of, I, I, I kind of dismissed that. But do you have one of those teams specifically that you like to win the uh, the ACC? You know, I mean, it's Virginia, North Carolina, or Duke. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's probably going to be Virginia. I don't know. From what I've seen from North Carolina, they don't seem to play well against Virginia. Just. You know, they were very under what, what scored 61 points at home against yes. Virginia when they played yeah. like that. You know, it's just a bad matchup. You know, Roy Williams gets totally outcoached. Like, they're fast-paced, like, you know, playing their athletes just doesn't work against that style. So, I don't and know. They I have an, towards... they have an inability to adapt in that situation. They don't, right. they don't change, and it doesn't work. Yeah, they just seem to shut down. And, you know, Duke, I, I mean, obviously Duke is going to be in it. And, I I just can't sit here and like definitively tell you one way or the other what to expect from Duke because I mean who knows what's going on with Zion so right. I don't know I mean Florida State's kind of interesting I think that's a team that's you know I mean they kind of just snuck out of the radar no one's really paying attention to them and almost beat Duke they you know they pretty much I mean they put together a really solid year so I don't know so I yeah it's probably Virginia or Duke um, you know, maybe Florida, maybe Florida State, you know, Virginia Tech without Robinson's not in it, but everyone else I, I don't really see being involved. 
Um, Mo and I have also discussed this, you know, week after week, just for the listeners. I still think the champ is coming from those top seven bags, Virginia, UNC, Duke, Tennessee, Kentucky, Michigan. I think they, yeah. they, I, I just think one of those teams and the other outlier is somehow they can put together a run that the, the one is interesting is maybe Michigan State, but I really believe it. And LSU now with this, then you just know that this is not going to work out, this coaching thing. And that they look live. They can be the number one SEC team. They can win the tourney. They're not winning the whole thing. So I don't know, like, do you have anyone live either in futures or things that maybe you think there's still value, you know, on a team like Buffalo or Marquette? I don't think – Nevada is is a real threat to win it all, depending on the bracket. Maybe they can make a nice run to like the Elite Eight or something. But I don't think that this is really feels like one of the blue blood top heavy NCAA's in recent history to me. Any different? Yeah, I mean, I think it's crazy top heavy. It, I'm, I think you know one of the cool props I like that they do every year is the. Uh, they do the uh, sum of the final four seeds over under, and you can do like over under mm-hmm. 10 and a half as the sum. Like, give me under all day this year. You know what I mean? Like, the ones and twos should roll. I think you maybe have one region where there's there's always one region where there's chaos. But yeah, I think like, you know, a lot of people like to do the long shot. Let's take a stab at all these futures in the 100 to 300 to one range, maybe 50 to one, something like that. Like, I think you need a couple horses this year. I think you need to go through that top like six, seven, eight, and find the two or three teams you really like that you trust. And you got you to have them in some way. I, I just don't think this is the year where you're going to see, you know, like, granted, I got like a Purdue. I've got uh, Texas Tech. I've got uh, – who else I got here? Iowa State. Like, I got a few, got, few teams that are long shots. But, uh, like, I don't think those teams are winning at all. I just think I can maybe earn to those bets right. in the later rounds. So – yeah, I just don't see it this year. I think it's one of those teams, and I think you're making a big mistake if you go into the tournament without some kind of action on one of those teams. We discussed this last week, and AB kind of gave us that exact strategy where you pick a couple teams where you have a nice future and you kind of, like you said, earn against that bet because you don't think they can win. And I know you and I have had this discussion many times in the past. You'd rather roll over a ticket on a team than play a future at this point, right? I mean, as people in our end of the counter and in our business, bet the futures, it's great, you know. It's, but if you're trying to, you know, make money, the rollover approach is definitely going to pay off better. Yeah, it's painful because people don't, people don't want to hear that. No. Like they don't want to do <laughs> – they want they want the one bet with the big odds, and they want the ticket or whatever it is. Like they you know they don't want to do the work it takes to go into the rollover and have them deal with it each game. But yeah, like if you're you're betting a college basketball future right now, like barring some kind of just like completely off market price or some type of like new injury development or something that no one else knows about, like you're you're not getting any value. Like this is not the time to be betting college basketball futures, right? And Next week is even worse because you're betting these teams and you haven't even seen the draw they're going to get in the tournament. So, right. 
I mean, you know, it's just one of those things that people are going to do it. Like they can't resist and I get it, but I mean, if you can help yourself, like you got to wait till the tournament comes, you know, the, the field comes out at this point. Right. All right. Well, that was a solid, uh, almost 30 minutes of NCAA basketball. And, uh, we're going to change pivot and, the news broke tonight that Antonio Brown is going to be traded to the Buffalo Bills for – can't wait to see whatever package. But President own AB on the show, and, you know, he does it a little differently than that AB, but I can't wait to hear his take on – because we talked about places that maybe he would go and, like, you know, fell into the trap of everyone else, the Raiders, the Niners. You know, Mo wanted them to go to the Niners. Um, Tampa was mentioned and different things like that. He's going to Buffalo. A.B., tell me – I mean, I know how I think this is going to work out, but what is your initial take on this news? Well, so first off um... – there's a there's an alternating report that says it's not it's not a done deal um, as far as it happening. So I think there's still some things they probably have to iron out. I'm assuming Buffalo is going to present a contract to AB, and at that point, that's what's going to decide whether or not this happens, because the Bills aren't going to trade for him unless they have a signature on the contract. So, okay. Um, as the guy who reported on Ian Rappaport. He basically said uh, Friday should be interesting because, uh, you know, there's another uh, writer that uh, works out in Buffalo that said that uh, he it's not official. And then one source that he has says he thinks it's unlikely. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it broke like a little while ago. Um, You know, we we quickly moved uh, Bill's futures um, just out of principle more than anything. Um, And I have a. I have a bunch of yardage props up, so I cut Josh Allen's uh, yard uh, payout down from 150 to 175 to one, and uh, I moved AB from six to one to seven, uh, 15 to two, so plus 750. Um, I, I my thing is like Josh Allen's terrible; he can't throw. So, um, luckily, I think that they have enough of a clue, at least offensively, that. They were doing a good job with him in, in the little bit that they uh, had him as the starter with a lot of, like, unique play calls and mixing it up. And, and uh, they did a good job with him, considering I, I don't think he's good. And if you add Antonio Brown to the offense, I do think it's better. And I think you're going to see a lot of, like, a lot of slot play from him, a lot of four-yard catches that he'll turn into more yardage. That being said – they're going to have to get an upgrade on Josh Allen or AB will be a complete disaster for them in Buffalo. Like he has to get somebody in there that can throw the football. I think the thing the Bills should honestly do is go sign Ryan Tannehill to back up Josh oh Allen my because God. he's Put already better than Josh Allen. Put that in the notes too. There's nobody saying happens, this is why we did the show. Maddie, this is why <laughs> we talk about this stuff because where else do you hear anyone say, they should go sign Ryan Tannehill. Nobody's right. saying that. All I know, all I want to say is I don't know much about any of this stuff, but I know that Ryan Tannehill played college football at Texas A&M. 
and has played in for the Miami Dolphins. And Antonio Brown has played for Central Michigan and the Steelers. So if there's one person that can deal with being in Buffalo, it's A.B. Uh, Tannehill, I don't know if he's quite as suited for that. <laughs> like, that would be well, like Rosen going to Buffalo. You know what I mean? Yeah. At this point, like, I don't know. Beggars can't be choosers, my man. <laughs> Very so, true. If you Very want a starting true. job, you got to go somewhere where you feel like you're better than the guy above you. That's fair. So, that's break me down pretty good, though. That's actually a true statement, and you're right. But there's a lot to be said for what Maddie said. When you didn't play north of the Mason Dixon, you're going to <laughs> Buffalo. The, I mean, that's the worst place to play in weather and just grit and grind. And, like, you got to just know. I mean, you're from Montana. You remember what winter was like. Maddie sure. grew up in Kentucky. And moderate winter, you know, there's, but it got cold. It was moderate, yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, I, I'm from Pittsburgh. It's brutal in Pittsburgh is not far from Buffalo. You got to be ready for that. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's an interesting take. I give you credit. Go sign Tannehill. But immediately, does it make the Bills, if he goes, if it goes through, does it make the Bills a better team next year? Yeah, just not. I mean, a receiver can't make a team go from four wins to, like, eight, ten. No. You know, no. it's impossible. You Josh have Allen's to win. Still quarterback position. Right, right. I, I mean, the one thing with Buffalo, and we've seen this with a gazillion teams in the NFL, they have a good enough defense that can carry them a long way record-wise. So that aspect of it, I feel like Buffalo is capable of putting together a good season, but Allen definitely has to get better. As I told our guy Kyle as we were talking about this uh, trade on Twitter, I'm like, Guys that run the ball and that at quarterback and that's their that's their best asset, that does not last. You have to be able to beat the team by throwing the ball. And you don't have to be the best at it if you can run, but you have to be able to make some throws. And that's just something he did not show at all last year. So A.B. will definitely help, but he's not like the 6'5 guy that he can throw a horrendous pass to and he can just jump over the DB exactly. and catch it. So, it, to me, it's a lot of – it has a lot of pressure on the offensive coordinator to design things that are going to make them successful. And I think that they're capable of doing that. I just don't think – their offense isn't going to take a dynamic leap like a San Francisco might or a Tampa might go to another level with, like, a guy like A.B. next to Mike Evans and – you know, that kind of a thing. So it's an interesting thing, but I think he'll end up going because it'll come down to money. And that's that'll make him happy, just like it made LaShawn McCoy happy. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just – that I've seen repeatedly, especially the past seasons when there's been a little adversity, when Roethlisberger, who's pretty accurate, not as accurate as he was in his younger days, but he's still pretty – throws a pass a little – High or a little short, EB does the demonstrative, throw his hands up in the air, storm back to the sidelines, <laughs> helmet down, the offensive coordinator, yell at everybody. You know, when Allen's throwing those passes <laughs> over, like, he's gonna, it's not going to end well. I, it no, makes, yeah. And I, it just feels like one of those recipes for disaster for the Bills. If it, I mean, and Again, it's just first take. Like it, it, it's it things where, oh, sometimes or you have a feel when a thing's a good fit. 
this doesn't feel like it's going to be a good fit at all to me. But uh, the other NFL news that hit Case Keenum is going to the Redskins, which means Broncos are going – they got to draft a quarterback. Right? And, two, if they don't, Joe Flacco is the starter in Denver. How, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Man. I mean, like, how's that going to work out, A.B.? Seriously. We're going to – first for Denver – and the, let, let's address that first and then the Redskins. I just want to know, like, why John Elway thinks that being tall is a prerequisite to be a great quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> great question. That's a good Because question. he loves he loved Lynch, he loved Osweiler, <laughs> and now he loves Flacco, and they all suck. So it, it's, it's desperation for one, but I, I do think that, they will likely draft a quarterback. I can't imagine that, that they, you know, I mean, maybe they're hoping that Flacco could be a bridge guy, but man, uh, I don't know what <laughs> John's bridge? doing up there. What kind of yeah, bridge? Exactly. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, we had the quickest day that we adjust the odds. And I'm like, stop. That's not, I mean, what, what, how is this going to make them better? He's just a taller Keenum, right? He can't play a full season anymore. He really can't throw. He definitely can't move. He's tall. That's it. That's the only – he checks that box. That's it. I can't I can't even believe the Redskins traded for Case Keenum. Like, that just blows my mind. Just go with that. Where you at with that? Like, seriously, I know they're desperate. Smith is hurt. He's never going to play again. You went and got – no. I, I get I get the that you're you're desperate, but I mean talk to the Cardinals, man. Get get Rosen. Right. I'd rather I'd rather just burn a second rounder, ideally a third, and just say, let's see what happens. I mean, he played behind the worst offensive line possibly in the history of the NFL. Um, you know, they, they didn't have David Johnson probably a hundred percent all season. He was banged up all year. Um, you know, it's like you're not risking anything really because you're getting a guy that's on a rookie contract. And if he pans out, you can load up on free agents around him. I mean, it, to me, it's like, I mean, what are you telling your fan base? Case Keenum's going to start. That's, that's the plan. Mm. I, oh, I don't even understand that at so, all. That's a tough set. Yeah. A division that, you know, is arguably uh, not up for grabs, but I mean, the Eagles aren't, overwhelming every the Cowboys had a nice season but seriously they're the Cowboys the Giants are a complete mess and Eli still don't you can actually bring somebody in and I mean Smith got hurt there they were you know over 500 you know headed way I don't know I I I just I saw that today and again the question came well does that affect the odds and I'm like no we may have to move them up Who's going? Who's going to bet them now? Yeah, it doesn't have it. It's done. Service. That's the way I described them today. Agree or disagree? It it was funny because when I came in, the first thing Jeff said, uh, the junkyard, he goes, "Well, I moved Keenum down in the yardage," and I go, "I can't even imagine what you could have moved him to." 
And I was just like, I, I mean, he's like, well, at least he's, you know, technically a starter now. I said, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm like ready to go. Dude, if that guy wins the the passing title, then I'm done in this business. <laughs> Real vote of confidence like, there, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, man, I, I that would be incredible. Like, that would be amazing if he was able to pull some magic trick like that out. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I mean I, – Oh man, like I I don't know these teams just crack me up with what they're doing. I mean, I, man, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get how you'd rather trade for guys like Flacco and and uh, Case Keenum, and then here's Antonio Brown who can't find a place to play. Did 15 touchdown catches last year. Uh-huh. It's insane. All right, we're gonna again uh, March. We're talking nonstop NCAA basketball. Um, the draft is coming up in the NFL. We always try to get in some football because that's what the people want. So we touched on that, but we you know are, that's what I want, right? And but uh, <laughs> I know Maddie was down in spring training in Arizona and got to take it. Did you catch one game or two games? I I mean I don't even I guess you could say like one and a half games because oh. I had pink eye for one of the games. <laughs> we, we won't get into it. But I couldn't look up. I couldn't even look at the damn field. I had so much pink. And so where did you go? Had, which which Where's you which, which stadium? No, no, no. So I'm I've got every park but the Giants down now. I've been to every one but the Giants. We went to the Angels game on Sunday and then the uh Royals slash Rangers complex okay. and surprise on uh Monday, which which that one was really nice. That was one of the newer ones. But so, one of the class uh, in most awesome settings is the angels isn't it i love that place yeah it's it's really cool and that really good crowd like they yeah. i think they draw a lot better than than the other places so no nah, it's it's so cool man it's so great like the weather's just perfect you feel like you're on spring break kind of when you go down there and you know a ton of people are out there looking to watch baseball it's it's really great so i don't know anyone out there that hadn't been to spring training find a way to go find a way to go for sure read more well we're going to um, baseball show where we focus exclusively on baseball. We'll discuss season wins. We'll discuss pitching staffs. We'll discuss, um, you know, shots, uh, value plays, different season outlooks. But tonight, while we have Maddie here, I want to just go through kind of each division. And we'll break it down real quick. Um, you know, I know that – you're heavily involved in the numbers and the odds and things like that. So depending on how deep we go in each division, let's just discuss it briefly and, um, you know, kind of give a little taste of where we're going to go when we get back together before this uh, March Madness and basically encompasses our lives for the next couple of weeks. Um, let's start in the National League, Maddie, And we're going to kind of work backwards because I know that the uh, – the National League East seems to be like the most compelling with the, the Harper signing and everything. National League West. National League. Uh, you know, I just won it last year. And the Rockies, those are obviously the favorite. Machado signing made the Padres entry. To me, the Diamondbacks and Giants look at who at with the National League West. You know, I think this is just going to be a runaway. I think the Dodgers are going to 
I think if if there was a bet available for how many games the Dodgers were going to win the division by, I would lay it. Like I, I think that this division's down. I think you look at the National League this year. Looking at the NL East, outside the Marlins, you got four teams that are going to probably win 80 games. And the NL Central, you might have five teams that are going to win 80 games. So the losses have to be absorbed somewhere. And, like, I think the Giants and D-backs could be those two teams this year where you kind of out of nowhere, the teams that surprise you could end up taking, you know, 90, 95 losses out of nowhere. So I think this is a division that's down. I think the Rockies overachieved last year. Don't ex- expect as much out of them. And I, I don't even know where to start on the Padres. I love the Padres. Like, <laughs> I, I, they got the best farm system in baseball. I found a – I read something to, the other day that said 14 of the last 15 teams that have had the best farm system in baseball – have made the playoffs within two years of having the best farm system in baseball. Are they making the playoffs this year? No, no, I don't think they're making the okay. playoffs this year. Right. But I just want to say that I think that it's not out of the realm of possibility if they start well to go sign a pitcher and make try to make the push at least. I don't think it's going to happen. But 14 of the last 15 have made the playoffs in two years, and the only one that didn't make the playoffs was the Royals, who won two World Series in year three and four. So all I'm saying – is the Padres are coming for you. Like, it doesn't matter if it's this year or next year or the year after. Like, Padres are going to be the next thing. So We may have to go know. in and get a season ticket plan, like a half-season ticket plan or something. And, yeah. So we like, can go in the summer and then sell the rest. I was in on it before they got Machado, and they got Machado now. So I, that's my team. That's who I'm rooting for. So I don't know. That's the one team, I think, in that division that could kind of, kind of, you know, step up and over overachieve a little bit. Alan, put that one. The, the Padres will probably win the division sometime in the next three years, of course. And um, for those of you not familiar with the Matt Lindemann Black Cat Curse, they're probably going to lose <laughs> 89 to 95. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's coming for sure. Uh, NL Central. No. NL Central. Now, you're right. Bottom strongest division nationally. No, I think we think like the Marlins. Marlins probably lose a hundred at least, but we'll get there in a second. Um, do you have? Uh, and, and I know you're a Reds fan. You always give them more credit. I still think their pitching staff is bad, 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 and I don't think it, they're going to end up much better than they did last year. The Pirates are going to regress. Uh, they have good pitching. The lineup is is just not good. Who's winning this division, in your opinion? Do you have a favorite? I, I like the Cardinals. Me too. Uh, Me too. I mean, you know, the Brewers are the team that I think that Jeff and I, if you talk to both of us, agree that that's one of the teams that we're down on. I think that, you know, well, A, they overachieve. They always blow their projections out of the water. They always way overachieve. They're well well managed. They find a way. But how much pressure can you put on a pitching staff, like a bullpen, that pitched as many innings, you know, not only in the regular season, but then in the postseason as they did last year. Like, how are those guys going to hold up going into the second half of this year? I think that's kind of a question. They really have no starting pitching at all. So, like, I'm down on the Brewers. The Cubs haven't really made, like, any moves. They haven't done anything to make you think that that they're going to, you know, be much better than last year. And, the you know, the Cardinals went out and got Goldschmidt. And 
they got rid of Matheny, which is a huge thing. So, uh, I don't know. I like the Cardinals. I think – I mean, I don't know. I'm biased, but the Reds pitching staff, while still not ideal, is a lot better than it was last year. And I think the I think your Pirates are coming in last. I think that every year. But, right. Um, I'm sticking with it this year. Personal. That's personal, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's personal. personal. I mean, I, I know. I, I'm a Pirates I, hater. I just am. Like, I, I can't. Have I don't forever. know why, yep. but I think the Cueto chant just got me. Like, I, like after it the Cueto him. chant, it got him. That's oh for sure. <laughs> Drop the ball. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, he was he was done. <laughs> he was done. Uh, uh, well, just numbers wise, I mean. Every team in a division can't win 80 games. You know that, right? Never happens. No. Yeah. No, uh, well, yeah. I, I guess I said that was going to Okay. Happen, no, no, no. And that's what we yeah, do. Yeah. You know, we call each yeah, other no, out right. on things. But yeah, they can't right. win 80 games. I think the Pirates or the Reds will be the obviously one or both that don't. I'm with you. I like the Cardinals to win the division. I'm thinking the same way. We must be reading a lot of the same stuff. The Brewers to regress and the Cubs to be where the Cubs are. It will totally depend on – their bullpen situation, I think, for how they end up, whether it's 93-94 or 83-84, anywhere in between. I think they can fall. Um, National League East, all anybody's talking about is Harper. Um, I said it last week. I wouldn't give anyone a 13-year contract. My line last week was, I mean, I gave my wife a a, a contract, and we're, we're at 15 years. And it's still like year to year, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's really it's hard to give any long of a contract. And they gave Bryce Harper the deal immediately. Yes, it makes their lineup better. Does it make them the favorite to win the division? I don't know. I mean, it's it's great. I mean, it's a mess. You got four teams that I think you could make a pretty strong argument for all four. I don't know. Like, you look right, at Philly. Wait, let's start. All right. So start right there. Let's let's go to the Mets. How are you making an argument that the Mets are winning the division? The Mets are a team where I, you, we actually talked about this today at work. The one argument, I think, the only argument you can make against the Mets, like being a contender in the NL East, is that they're they never stay healthy, which is a very fair argument because every year they have like seven guys on the DL by May fifteenth. Like it never fails. I get that. But if their pitching staff stays healthy and you got DeGrom, Syndergaard, and Wheeler at the top of the rotation, Mats and Vargas, who aren't very good, but, you know, it's not the worst back end of the rotation. Then you got Edwin Diaz and Familia and a pretty decent bullpen. And then they went and signed Cano. They went and signed uh, Wilson Ramos. Like, they went and got a couple guys. So I think that if they stay healthy, which is a huge if, they never do, they could be in the mix. You know why they don't stay healthy, Matty? They sign guys three years after they were really good. Like Robinson Cano. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, they just say they, they, get, they get guys, the lineup, the names look great, and then you check the year and you go, oh, it's 2019. It's not happening. Like that's, that, that's my thing. I think you can cross them off the list. I already did. I don't think they win the division with the other three teams there. Go to the Braves. Very- Braves, they can win a division. Bra- What's their argument? I'm down on the Braves, actually. I was on the Braves last year. I think that their pitching from both the starting rotation and the bullpen is just not there. I mean, they don't have a one. Kevin Gosman, who's a, who's the one? Kevin Gosman, Sean Newcomb, or Fulton Nevich, like they don't have a one at all. 
They don't have a dominant closer. The Brewers like, proved last year you don't need a one anymore. Yeah, but if they don't have a bullpen either, though. So I know, like, but I, I would make a case they have a, the best lineup. Yeah, one I mean, Acuna is awesome. Amazing. They got, they got, I mean, it's ridiculous. Look at this. Acuna, Donaldson, Freeman, one, two, three. He's like the coolest. Pretty good, center. right? And But the rest of it sucks. I mean, mm. Albies is good, but Marcakis, Inciarte, I don't know. They're just pros. I, they're not. They're not like excited. The rest of that lineup, they're just pros. I don't know. Like, I I think they're a team that can just grind. They can be consistent. If they get the pitching at all, they're going to be around. I think that the, you know you can make that argument. Go to the Nationals. Best, the Nationals, best pitching staff in the division. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's nice. I just the Nationals. Really concerning, like kind of what they did last year with Dusty leaving. They were really underachieve, and now you lose a guy that's worth five wins. I mean, you say what you want about Harper, but the guy's worth a lot. So, you know, bottom half of the order doesn't really look all that scary, really. Bullpen's still not great. I don't know. I think they're going to be in the mix. I mean, when you got Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, you can roll out there pretty good five games. Like, you're going to be involved. But if they – that's the team that, like, if there are a couple injuries, a couple things don't go right, they're the team that's going to, you know, win 75 games. Wow. All right. But I, you know, Phillies I'm will not, win the division If then? things fall apart. I don't know. I don't know. The Phillies made unreal moves with their lineup. I mean, they picked up, like, five guys. I think they said they were all-stars in their lineup last year. Are you sold on this pitching staff, though? But the staff is just <clears> – <throat> It's not, and the bullpen sucks. Terrible. I mean, Robertson's nice, but the rest of the bullpen sucks. So it's a free for all, and that's why, like, I don't. I'm not saying uh, I'm uh, all in on the Mets. I just think uh, you know maybe maybe they shouldn't be discounted as much as as people want to. I mean, you look at Westgate. I want to say Westgate has them in the vicinity of everyone else. Oh no, no question. I mean, they're getting bets. They're getting bet a ton with us too. There's a ton of people who are betting the Mets. I just think we can, you know, by July we'll be good. We'll be like, yeah, that was a good thing. We took all those, (laughs) all those Mets bets and didn't really adjust the line. That's fair. I mean, I I can't argue that at all. (laughs) Yeah. That'll be one where we take a deep breath and go, okay, good. You know, glad. Because nobody's betting them come July. That's that's the way I feel about the Padres too. A lot of hype. Oh, yeah. Keep taking as many bets as we can. Leave it fair odds and let them bet it. You know, if they get off to that hot start, let them bet them more because any by div- July. any any division bet that's not the Dodgers, print it like that's oh. just dude. I'm telling you, there's it's not happening. There's just no way. <laughs> okay. I mean the Rockies. I mean I guess the Rockies maybe, but it, yeah. So all right, uh, jump to the American League. We'll start at the West. Houston, Oakland, legitimately those two. And, I mean, it's Houston and then Oakland a notch down. And then, I guess, the Angels maybe. The Mariners look done. And Texas may lose 100 games. That's the way yeah. I see it. You see any difference? No, nah, it's gross. I mean, the A's, you want to say the A's aren't going to be as good. But, I mean, where the, you know where are they going to pick up more losses? Like, the Mariners are going to be way worse. Angels just – they don't have anything. Like, uh, like I mean, what, they picked up Matt Shoemaker? Or, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, no, uh, Matt Harvey? Yeah. Like, that's their big signing Why? on the pitching staff. <laughs> Trevor Trevor Cahill. Like, I like the Justin Moore signing. That's actually a good signing, but everything else is bad. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be the Astros winning 100 games probably, and 
the A's are just going to win 85 by default. Like, there's just not – you know, the Mariners are going to be that team that's probably selling players at the deadline. Whatever um, they have left to sell. Yeah, I mean, they picked up all these guys that seem like they're kind of rentals to make sure people – you know, they're getting butts in the seats the first couple months. And then, um, I don't know, and the Texas is just You ever been ter- to Safeco Field? Terrible. I have, actually, yeah. It's fantastic, been, uh, isn't it? I went – yeah, it was uh, – A.B., went, that's one of your favorites, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I mean, it was mid-July. I was wearing a hoodie, but, you know, it was uh, – Roof open? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but awesome. no, great atmosphere. The team was terrible. There were a ton of fans there. Like, it yeah. was really impressive. Yeah, that's a great place. Um, AL Central. We got Cleveland and everybody else. Yeah, it stinks. I mean, <laughs> it's – I mean, you would think that one of these three teams, Tigers, White Sox, Royals, would at least be – showing a little bit of promise as, like to getting a little bit better. But, you know, the White Sox without signing Machado or Harper and not really – I mean, they didn't make any moves. And then they lost the their stud pitcher is having Tommy John. So, you know, those three teams are going to be bad. So maybe the Twins can make a move. But it just looks like Cleveland's by default, really. What analytics and, and metrics and things are, are, are these guys looking at with these betting these Royals over? It's nonstop. I don't get it. I don't, I don't know. see it. I don't it's know. Gotta, it's got to be like defensive based, maybe because they they what they signed Billy Hamilton. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they sent, look, signed a few guys in the bullpen. Looks like, but come on, yeah. I, don't know. I will say the one thing with these win totals. Any, I mean, literally any reason you can find to bet over anything in the 60s, like, go for it. You know what I mean? Right. Any any good reason you can find to bet Orioles over 59 and a half, like, I'll take my chances that that team can be 45 games under 500 and have a good September when no one cares and, and sneak over. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think the margin for error is so big that if, like, you have any reason at all that you think the Royals might be decent, take a shot, you know, like. So, well, you have to know I don't that see there's going to be September columns, like because that used to be a factor, and now for the teams that don't, I mean, like the Orioles lost 115 games last year. They right. were 47 and 115. It just and it happens. It gets away from teams so much. Uh, you know the really really bad teams. I mean, after that. You know, you had the Royals at 58, and then everyone else won 62 or more. So, yes, you can find the value in the 60s. You can also find the value at under in the 80s, you know, in the high 80s, right? right? I mean, there's a lot of teams that end up closer to the 500 number than, you know, that 88 and a half, 89, whatever number. There's value to find in, in unders as well, but it's not nearly as exciting and fun to bet the unders. But, you know, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. everyone knows that. Um Last division real quick, American League East. It's obviously Red Sox-Yankees and everyone else. Tampa continues to find ways to, to do it, different than everyone thinks. Every you know spring, no one gives them credit. The number's usually lower than it should be. They find a way. Toronto, Baltimore, I mean, you just said Baltimore's season win totals in the 50s. They're – I mean, we take bets on the win the World Series every single day. It's amazing. It, it is amazing. Um, there's no threat there from either those bottom three teams to win this division, right? 
No, is this is this the one division where outside of like the Boston Yankees, where you don't really know necessarily who's going to win that? I mean, the pecking order is so, I mean, defined. I guess you could say, yeah. like, yep. I mean, like Tampa is such a very clear number three, and Toronto is a very clear number four, and then Baltimore at the bottom. Like, it would take almost a miracle for it's a fall any other way. I think like, right. I don't know. You know, Tampa is going to be good. I think they're going to be in like the wild card mix. They're going to probably be the team that's trying to, you know, like play the road wild card, you know, grab that five spot. Toronto's just not going to be good. I, you know, they're going to have Vladimir Guerrero jr. Like that'll be exciting, but they're not going to be good. And then Baltimore's terrible. So I don't know. I, I think, uh, you do know, you favor Boston, one of the two teams, Boston or the Yankees? Well, you probably give Boston a little bit of an edge now that Severino sounds like isn't isn't going to be full full strength. But um, I don't know; it's pretty tough. Like Boston kind of seems like they they won way more games than they should have last year. So you would think they come back to earth a little bit. New York's pretty stacked, so I don't know. It's going to be a coin flip, I think. What do you think about these free agents and the situation in baseball in general? I mean, like there's still guys sitting out there between like Kimbrell who could really, you know, solidify a bullpen. Um, Dallas Keuchel can, can really shore up a middle spot to bottom rotation spot on any team. What's going on in baseball with these free agents? It's crazy. I don't know what happened with like the uh, with the agreement with the MLBPA or or I don't I don't know exactly what the specifics are, but it's a disaster for the players. I mean, like the guys last year were getting paid ridiculous. Even last year we're getting paid ridiculous amounts, and then now, yeah, you got these studs that aren't getting anything. It's crazy. Well, and, you know, it must be uh, a revenue problem, right? There's no, uh, but the, no, the owners, everybody's looking no, for money. I'm stopping that. I mean, you might be being sarcastic right now. That's the most outrageous thing of all time. Like, the money is flowing for the owners. Like, anyone who says that the the owners don't have money is completely full of shit. Like, it's just – it's not accurate. Like, the money is there. Like, any excuse that owners are making about not having money is a lie. It's just there's now some type of inefficiency in whatever the market is, and now the players can't get paid. And so these guys are just sitting there. So I don't know what's going on, but it, it doesn't really sound encouraging for the players. There's some pushback going on, but obviously that's a perfect segue to my next question. Uh, it came out today about this MLB deal about releasing the starting lineups. And we all know from our end of the business, information is everything. And the first one to it usually wins, whether it's the book knowing and we can adjust the lines before we take bets or the sharp guys or whomever gets the information first and informs us by making wagers. Like you said earlier in the, in the PAC 12 conference, when you move the number and you realize it was, they point out the mistake real quick when they come with a limit bet on something. <laughs> they, they do. <laughs> right. So, you know, it gets adjusted. So now major league baseball is going to control the getting the starting lineups of baseball games and either withhold that information or release it all at the same time. So all those websites and beat writers and everybody who like tweeted the starting lineup, they're out of business. It looks like, and it, and obviously it looks like they're going to want to charge for this information, whether it's books 
to get the official data feed, or they're going to charge, you know, every baseball fan that, you know, wants to set their fantasy lineup before anyone else, nine ninety nine for the season or something. Can you imagine how many people are going to pay to get the starting lineups 15 minutes before they're publicly released? But yeah, I, I mean, mean, do you see this as any, anything of substance from our end? I mean, it kind of seems like it's just a money grab at Complete. this point, right, from the MLB. I mean, they're just trying to make their data look more valuable than it actually is. But, I mean, I think if you realistically look at it, you know, it's not going to change much. I think 15 minutes actually isn't a huge window. You know, I sat here and pretty much the entire baseball season last year, plugged in lineups every day, watched the market. 15 minutes is not – uh, this this super small window that people think it is where everything happens, you know, guys take their time. Like they don't, you know, some of the sharper groups don't necessarily want to make it stand out that they're betting something strictly based on the lineup or there might be something else they're waiting on, whether it's weather or umpires or whatever. And they don't want to make their bet within, you know, five to 10 minutes. So I think there, the assumption that there's this mass panic that's going to happen is not necessarily true. But I, the thing that concerns me is that the MLB is somehow trying to set this precedent to where th- they are like making gamblers the enemy. It just doesn't make sense. Like why? It, it's a bad look, isn't it? It just to why, me is just a bad look. To me, you look at it and gamblers are the people who are giving you ratings. They're tuning in because they want to watch your games. Why are you trying to make things more difficult for the average gambler by? making things that used to be transparent, not transparent anymore. It doesn't make sense to me. You know, like the sports books have enough of an edge. That's not the side you need to be siding with. You need to be finding ways to make things easier for better so that they want to watch your sport. Like I, it just seems simple to me. So I think there's like this, this terrible stigma still around gamblers that MLB just can't let go of. And it's really a problem. Like it's kind of concerning to think like, some of the things they're going to implement in the future that you don't even know about that's that are what going to really me. make things difficult. Yep. I so, agree with you. I, I, I was don't. thinking this is the first step. What's next? That was what I first, you know, when I first saw it and read it and I was like, Oh no, where are we going? Where, where is the next thing that they're going to do where I think if there was just embrace it, it literally just embrace it for what it is. It's been going on everywhere for a long, long time. Embrace it now that it's, you know, opening up other states or, you know, having sports books, things are like it's happening. If you do what you said, I think you're right. It's making it less transparent, which is then just allowing media outlets and people to make speculations and none of it's a good look. I don't think it's a positive thing. I could be wrong, but that's how I see it as well. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I'm sure people are talking about it and they're going to continue to talk about it. I saw Tim Kirkjian today, break it down on sports center about what this means. And he piped in the line about major league baseball wants the integrity and he used that word specifically. It was fed to him um, about keeping everything on a level playing field. And I thought, that's not what you're doing here. It was before, except for like a couple people maybe. But now with social media and things, it is more transparent. So I don't know. I don't think it's a good thing. But, again, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, 
AB, I know you're still there. I know there's a fight this weekend. Do you have any opinion on this fight? Does the dog have a shot to win the fight? No opinion. No opinion? No opinion. Okay. Guys like that, I got to, like, actually go back and watch, like, five fights, and they were fighting. And I mean, not Sean Porter so much, but his opponent. So I don't want to give something out that I don't – I haven't researched. Okay. Yeah. Right. Pretty much just kind of going with the market, seeing where it ends up. But we'll we'll, uh, we'll see. I don't think there's a ton of interest anyways. But we took a rash of bets on the dog um, last week, I believe. I don't know if it was just a fight crowd that was in for the UFC or whatever, but uh, there were a lot of fights. Spence is the favorite, right? No, that's that's in uh, that's two weeks. Oh, I thought that was this weekend. Or, well, not not okay. two weeks, but one one week from Saturday. Yeah, oh, the big fight. Oh, 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 that was the one I was talking about. Any opinion in that oh, fight? Oh, yeah, Spence, Spence, easy, 100%. right? Uh, I wouldn't say that. Mikey Garcia is super talented, but it's a big jump up in weight. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. where all the bets were on Garcia. Okay. Yeah, that was the fight I was talking yeah. about. All right. Yeah, I mean, you're getting a phenomenal price with Garcia. It's just he's fighting like quite quite possibly the best boxer in the world. Wow. So okay. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. What else can we discuss? Um, slow week for the NBA, other than the LeBron collapse. You see that? No, let's talk. Let's let's stop there. Oh. No LeBron talk. Oh. There's no LeBron. I'm not talk talking here. about LeBron. They're out I'm of the out. playoffs. I'm out on LeBron. He's out. See, out. We want to talk about the future? Let's talk about Giannis. Did you see what he was doing tonight? Fantastic. <laughs> it's called taking over. There was a sequence that I swear on six possessions he had five dunks. Oh, it was incredible. Incredible. Guy's amazing. If you're not watching this guy play when the Bucks are on television. Do yourself a favor and watch him. He's incredible. And they are down to – it doesn't matter what I make the price in the future. It, it just every day, minimum five to ten tickets, it feels like, on the Bucks. I really hope the Bucks don't win. Otherwise, I'm going to oh, be in big, man. big trouble. Um, but oh, God. Don't even get me started on that. Don't even get me started on the Bucks and Nuggets. <laughs> What do you mean? I have a you got a take different on take on that. You got a take on that, Maddie? No, what do you mean? No. no, I just it's not good news if the Bucks or Nuggets won at all. That's all I'm saying. The Bucks, eh, the Bucks aren't that bad. We'll be back. <laughs> We're gonna get out of that. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. We're gonna get out of that. The Nuggets is a little scarier, but <laughs> the Nuggets no. aren't winning. And I need, the to, West I need to cash my hundred to one. I need to cash my hundred to one ticket. So we can <laughs> that, take a lump or two. Nuggets is fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the Bucks is fine. The Bucks is fine. The uh, Nuggets right, aren't right. winning. Everybody <laughs> relax. The yeah, Nuggets aren't winning the, the NBA championship. Keep printing the tickets. I'll talk to Jeff. Yep. If they win it, there I'll talk go. to Jeff Keep for you. No, I've, I've given everybody way too hard of a time about the Nuggets for them to win it all. There's no way. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see. What uh, – any big game this weekend, Maddie, that you're looking ahead to? Look ahead line. We talked Michigan, Michigan State. We talked uh, Kentucky. We talked uh, – I don't know. There's really nothing really that jumps Let out. Me- that's it, man. I think we're good. Yeah, we got it. We got it together. All right. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, we got everything pretty well covered. Maddie, how's the cats? Man, they're good. How are How are the kids? Kids are great. 
The kids are great. I have a teenager, uh, actually two teenagers. So I don't two know. Two teenagers. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I can't. I Fifteen can't and thirteen, yeah. and I, I some days I don't even know who they are. I really don't. I really, really don't. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. But you know, yeah, for a, those of you parents time. with teenagers, if you haven't gone to teenage years yet, like AB, they're coming. Mine are all female, well, so it's a little different, but <laughs> it's coming. Well, hey, I'm I'm enjoying the fact that, like you, a uh, huge sports guy like Jeff ended up with a girl. Uh, I think it's great that he has to uh, navigate that that balance a little bit now, instead of just having a kid that he can. Uh, Guy that you can yap sports with all day. Yeah, even then it doesn't matter. Uh, just, <laughs> he he has no idea what he's getting for. I mean, it's you know, God uh, bless him. I'm so great. happy. For I can't him. wait to hear the stories. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Be great. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's going to wrap it up, Maddie. Thanks uh, for joining us. Much appreciated. It's always fun. Um, give your Twitter handle and anything else you want to let the listeners know that we can you know, follow you on, you're on VEASAN today, you're doing all these media appearances, you were on that NBC show um, last week, What what's going on? I'm trying to get the hang of it, man, I'm trying to do as much stuff as I can to, to you know, be comfortable, I, I think uh, all the stuff popping up, we got the next couple of weeks going, so yeah, I'm just trying to get on as many times as I can, so no, nah, I appreciate y'all having me, I'll plug all this stuff whenever we get off here, and uh, hopefully we can do it again next week or, or whenever we're free. Follow Maddie on Twitter at Lindy train. It's very entertaining, not just uh, <laughs> sports takes. There's a lot of good other stuff on there. Every once in a while, you just hit me with something. I just literally laugh out loud. <laughs> I, and I wish I was just leaning over and could laugh at you in person, but I'll take what I can get on Twitter. Um, but yeah, thanks again. AB, at Percent Berg on Twitter, Gaming Today column. Did you write a column this week, sir? Bashed on LeBron. Oh. Well, Boom. All right, so we won't discuss it here. We'll, we'll refer all <laughs> listeners to the Gaming Today column that he wrote. I can't wait to get off the, the show. I'm going to read it myself because I can't get enough of it. I really – it's just uh, – it's, it's, it's very – it's entertaining, and I can't wait to see where it goes because uh, – the the Lakers. Well, the, it's over now. Yeah, but the Lakers to win now. it all bets and all those things. That's going to look really good in a couple of months when we hit grade on that stuff. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yep. All right, and uh, for Mo absent but in spirit, I hope you're listening. And uh, at he these takes, we got to build him back up. His account went bad, and we got to get all his followers back. So he's on Twitter there, and uh, that's going to do it for the show. At, at Cash Considerations Podcast or on Cash Considering. And uh, for me, Dave Sherapan, I still have the At Bullshitters blog. I'm going to write some columns eventually there. But you can find me on Twitter there. For those of you uh, listening on iTunes, go on there, give us a rating, and follow us on Twitter. That'll do it. We'll sign off. Thanks to the boys. Until next time. This is the Cash Considerations Podcast. Clippers minus two.